a lot of people who I've talked to don't like to even think about what they do. They're like, well, it's not really fame. I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. If you're making something public, there's there's an aspect. There's definitely that feeling of like, yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy, barking up the wrong tree. There's yeah. no fame here. But <laughs> nothing to see. Here. Yeah, nothing to I, see here. Just <laughs> I do feel like in our family there was definitely importance put on fame. Like it was exciting if you saw a famous person, mm-hmm. and in you all, know, yeah, obviously, famous, yeah. yeah. And it's you know, my I feel like my grandpa really liked to name drop like. Oh, and I used to take walks on the beach with Tony Randall, you know, and like, oh, <laughs> yeah, which is really sweet. That's great. Yeah, because they have a house on Fire Island, so it's like got that mix of like, you know, celebrities and blue collar Long Islanders. But at the same time, in my family, you weren't supposed to want it. Right. Right. But the, well, the whole world's telling you it's it's like... It's value. Yeah. It's a value. It's value. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame. Episode 33. I'm Jamie Berger, your host with... My God, I was about to say your host with the most. Your host with enough. And I'm very happy to say that my guests for this episode are Matt and Kate Lorenz. Matt and Kate Lorenz are siblings who formerly were in a band that was very exciting and legendary in our valley and beyond, called Rusty Bell, from 2006 to 2014. Since then, Matt, who records and travels the world under the name The Suitcase Junket, has released three solo albums. Fourth is coming out this week, April 2017. And Kate, this fall, is going to release her first solo record. After taking time away, the band kind of stopped playing, and Matt start, became the suitcase junket and toured by himself. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. And Kate went back to grad school and got an education degree and is now a teacher. But now she's finding her way back to the more public life of a performer and a musician and is recording that first album, which Matt is producing. The Suitcase Junket, Matt's solo effort. I think anyone who knows The Suitcase Junket knows that it's both true and somehow very belittling to call it a one-man band. Matt does perform by himself with his little wonderfully gritty sounding amp and homemade instruments and a harmonica and a drum strapped to his feet and a tiny little piano some of the time, I believe. And, oh yeah, he throat sings. Did I mention that? But to call it a one-man band completely belittles this wonderful musical amalgam of 
like blues into folky and Led Zeppelin and White Stripes and all kinds of different sounds mixed together that, uh, and his first two records was very fuzzy and gritty and dark and I think has gotten a little more uh, light and I hear this new record has more vocal harmonies with Kate, so I guess it's not a complete one-man band. If you live within the sound of my voice, Turner's Falls, Massachusetts, he is having a record release show on Friday, the 21st of April, at the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. ShaeTheater.org is where you'd find tickets for that. It's a great theater. It's a great place to see him. I've seen him there. He's someone, if he's coming to your town or anywhere near it, see the suitcase junket. And see Kate, too. And I and they, this Friday, are going to be playing together. So both... She's opening, he's playing, and then she's going to join him some on stage. And they are wonderful together, as you will hear in this conversation. Matt is also a, a visual artist who I've been lucky enough both to, as, a, as one of too many owners of a bar in my town called The Rendezvous, to book him uh, as a musician many times and to host a show of his art, these found wood semi-abstract bird sculptures that you'll also hear us talk about in the episode. Interspersed in this conversation are three songs. The first is from Kate's record. It's called Slide Tackle Into Your Heart. And the second is an old Rusty Bell track called I'm Alive. And then towards the end of the conversation, you'll hear a track, which also has a fun video uh, from Matt's new album, Pile Driver, or the Suitcase Junkets' new album, Pile Driver, called Beta Star. Kate's album will be out in the fall. You'll also find one of the several 15 minutes false endings in that we say goodbye, and then I turn off the recorder, and then we went outside, and we're standing around the, the boiling down sap, and Matt thought of some other stuff he wanted to say, so we turned it back on, and he talked for a little while more, and then we said goodbye again, so beware of the false ending. We spoke in early March at Matt's house in rural western Massachusetts in the middle of a day when Matt was boiling down the sap from his maple trees, which was a fun and delicious bonus. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi, Jamie. Jamie. Uh, there'll be an intro, so we don't have to... Uh, right, we can just... Do you like a little theme song? Be normal. Yeah, I do. Nice. What yeah. is it? You'll hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't hum it for you or anything. It doesn't have words. Well, in my head, it has words. <laughs> um, so, I'm get, I, for some reason, I don't think either of you sit around listening to podcasts all day. So, I don't... I don't you listen to more because you travel, right? When I'm on the road, I listen yeah. to a lot. Well, you should listen to the George Saunders one, because I... Saying yeah. fan. he was terrific. Uh, but so what I do is talk to people about this weird thing called fame, and I thought a, a way to to start off today might be 
to talk about an experience I had yesterday. Um, so, 28 episodes in, George Saunders was, was, was a big deal because it's the first person who I was... There are people I respect, there are people who I'm somewhat of a fan of, and he's the first person who I'm kind of like, you know... Bow. Super fan! I'm Star making the, the bowing <laughs> yeah. gesture. And so it meant a lot to me. And it went really well. But then there's this whole... Desperate attempt to get as many ears mm. on the thing as mm -hmm. it can, especially while he is literally and having this like kind of attention I've never seen a writer get <laughs> in these past couple weeks since this book came out and he's reading all over the country and he's been on yeah, with Seth Meyers and he's been on Colbert and people were really looking to him. So I, so I was very like, yeah, I, I. I've been trying really hard at Twitter because it's the main way to reach people you don't know. And mm. it's very, very frustrating. And you're sending these things out into the dark. And so I've been tweeting pretty much everyone who is Do you tweet tweeting. Donald Trump? <sighs> I can't say that I never have. But, uh, no, not anymore. Uh, never, you got ever, blocked. Ever. No, I, I, I would love to get blocked. That would be such an honor. But... So I've pretty much been searching, and everyone who writes something nice about George Saunders, I've been writing personally back like thousands over the past few weeks. That's like, good. hey, you might like this, because that's the budget I have for promotion. Yeah. Right? And because I think it's a nice thing that they'll like, you know, and, and it's been mostly really, really nice response, or none. A couple of people are like, why are you bothering me? I'm like, wow, that's not very George Saunders kind of you. <laughs> but, so last night after all that... Um, the book was made into an audiobook as well. And uh, um, Nick Offerman is the one of the main voices. And I had a while back just you know, sent it on to him. And he wrote a really nice tweet last night. That's amazing. About, hey, listen to this great podcast episode. And it meant so much. All these people liked it and stuff. But the question is, I know Nick Offerman a little bit from a TV show. Right. Uh, a little bit here and there. I really loved him in the audiobook. But he's not one of my heroes, so why did it mean so much to me mm. that the famous guy, besides that people would now listen, it was like a warm, fuzzy feeling of, right. yeah. of being anointed or blessed right. by someone. Right. So I just want to keep that in the air and think about that and start off by asking you guys, A, whether there are any people who, whose appreciation of what you do has just made, who are who are bigger than you in the world in the world who are known by more has meant a lot to you or who right. you want to someday be like, hey, she made this great song. Yeah. So are there people in your, who you think of or who have actually responded to your work who are like your heroes? Um, for me, when Chris Smither asked us to play on, we played on an album with Chris Smither, and you know he's been in the folk world a really long time, and that that felt really good to have him want us on his album and. He's always really responsive and excited about, you know, cool. Matt and I as musicians. And then in that same circle, um, Billy Conway, who is the drummer for the group Morphine, um, uh -huh. he's like in that same kind of folky circle now. Yeah. And um, just like Morphine. <laughs> yeah, just like Morphine, super folky. Uh, <laughs> so Billy always is really like psyched about, about us. 
in our music, and that yeah. makes me feel really good because I'm like, oh, Billy's been like, he's like traveled around the yeah. world and yeah. he's seen all that. I think yeah. for me, that's what happens is like, oh, these people have seen and heard a lot. And if they like us, that feels good because it's, you know, it's not like they haven't seen or heard that much music. Right. You know, but on the yeah, flip yeah. side, when we go to like little towns and travel, it feels really good when people are super pumped up about us too. Mm-hmm. Like we're the only, you know, if we've only been the only act in town and yeah. the whole town comes out to hear yeah. music, that also feels really good. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that in a little while. Yeah. Right. You know, how I got to know you as, as yeah. this, this regional. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I think um, the letters, they're like real fans of music. They're like music lovers. And so getting that response from them, same same reason. And also because, you know, when we were kids, that, that record was, uh, Kiko record had just come out. And uh, and it was it was their big, like, it was, it was one of those times when they all of a sudden hit this new level of like a lot of people yeah. knew Los, Los Lobos. And like, they yeah. did that cover of La Like Bamba. a new generation of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably that, that. Cool. Yeah. I guess the, the follow-up question would be, have you... Did you... The last person I spoke to, uh, Shanali Bomek, is, is a friend in New York, and she initially in high school started making music wanting her heroes hear it some people are like no it doesn't even never really occurred to me yeah what did you know has it been something you're like when you start making when you've made a record or you've you know is is it is it is the getting known uh, more of a a means to an end or does it or or, or are there specific people or just strangers or friends mm. what you know we perform so we must want to be seen yeah what do you think? I've always thought it'd be really cool for Bruce Springsteen to hear uh-huh. something that either Matt or I did or together, and then, like, you know, in my little daydream, like, we would be invited to Bruce's house and, like, jam with him. <laughs> I love your daydream. Oh, those are the best That's daydreams. So nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I actually kind of prefer performing in front of strangers because uh-huh. it's like, you know, I feel like at family events and stuff, you know, no, when people know that Matt and I are mu- a musician or musicians, it's like, play us a song. Come on. And I'm like, it just feels so personal mm-hmm. for some reason when it's family and small mm-hmm. groups. Like, I actually feel more comfortable being on stage in front of strangers mm-hmm. playing and having it. It feels more like an art form in that way and less like a parlor uh, trick. Yeah. <laughs> like what my kid can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like you sing. Did you bring any of those birds, Gumtree? <laughs> <Right. laughs> sing something. <laughs> um, Have you ever? Like, I don't know, that's definitely any... not one of the driving, or like, it, it, isn't one of those thoughts that comes up often. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, for instance, what, I played a show with Charlie Musselwhite down in New York a while ago, and Cindy Lauper was there, <laughs> and, and I found I know right, and it's like, I you know. Whatever she she had the, you know the soundtrack for the Goonies. She's like Cindy Lauper. She's a badass. Yeah. Not someone I would ever think about caring about my music being in her ears. But then in hindsight, you know, someone was like, "Oh, Cindy Lauper is here." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Cindy Lauper. Cindy was here. here to see me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you heard about it before or after. before after yeah. after is better. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah totally. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, that's not in, not part of the process right. of like, oh, like I want so and so to hear this song right. or, you know, should I use that line? What if right. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. What if Neil calls me out? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you with your with your with your banter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is off topic, but I wanted to ask you this before. Last time I saw you play, you called yourself an asshole several times. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> no real reason. You said I'm an asshole. What, when, when was it? It was at the shed. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I don't think he's realizing he's calling himself an asshole. <laughs> but you weren't doing anything to be an asshole, but you were. You That's know. interesting. I mean, it's true. <laughs> but it's weird, that I would, it's weird that I would say it so many times on stage. Twice, twice Maybe you were just feeling particularly assholey that night. Yeah, you were there, but you didn't even notice because he probably does it a lot. I know, I you didn't. Got up and said I was it. like, yeah, he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's yeah. just, just goes just without saying. Spitting the truth. Maybe it was the tutu. <laughs> it might have been just a little frisky. It down, yeah. yeah, it brought out the frisk a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I don't think it's something actually that I say on stage a lot. But, you know, I guess probably there's some nights where I'm thinking things that, you know, maybe that's what it is. It's not that I'm necessarily acting like an asshole. It's like, oh, I just thought something really bad about you guys. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, I tried the, the banter thing, like, it's sort of this interesting combination of improvisation and, and, and bits. Yeah. And lines of like, well, I know if I say that after this song, it'll like lighten people a little bit mm-hmm. and get them to chuckle. And then... I'll say whatever the hell is on my mind and see yeah. what that does in order to try and, you know, get the next thing that works and that's, for a room. Yeah, getting a little feeling for what comics have to do is to make something they've said over and over. Like, I know I'm going to say this thing that was funny again and to, like, feel it like it's the first time and yeah. not, you know. Yeah. I, sometimes when I used to do performance art, if someone came who'd seen it before, I would be so locked up. Like Right. Mm-hmm. I want to do the whole show differently somehow. Yeah. yeah. Which is ridiculous, because they didn't come to see a different show. Right. If they, if they knew what I was doing. That yeah. happened a few times on one tour. There was just like three or four people who made it to like two or three shows in a row. Mm-hmm. And they were always right in front. And every time I would hit those lines, I'd just kind of look at them. You know, and stare them down and be like, it's this again. Yeah. But they, you know, we, I talked it's to like, them about do it. do you want to say it with me? Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and they were like, I don't know, it was still funny. Like, it was working. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I guess when you're when you're a comic, especially, you just have to accept that. And if they're annoyed, that's, that's just like, like a hard job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the talking the whole time. But banter, you two are both. I'm a big fan of band banter. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'll enjoy going to, say, a Dinosaur Junior show, but I wish... Jay had the ability to speak. Um, you know, that, that, that I don't like when someone just plays you know, a 45 minute set without ever saying anything. Right. Yeah. It's nice to thing. connect. Yeah, but a musician isn't necessarily that kind of a communicator, and I accept that. But Yeah. yeah. It took a while for us to get any kind of decent banter going. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was just bad. It was so bad. You just like try to say a thing and it didn't work, and then you'd kind of like, you know, the discomfort. And the embarrassment of, like, sharing your heartfelt works then, like, combined with the weird embarrassment and shame of, like, oh, God, nobody likes what I just said. Yeah. I guess I'll just play this song now. They're probably going to hate it. <laughs> I never th- I don't really think about this in terms of bands, but I've seen it happen at the bar. Ever had a heckler? Oh. I've heckled you both, but in... in we go, like we've had people who have, like, wanted to play our instruments, you know, like, at clubs, super late yeah, drunk yeah. people, yeah. and who are just like, no, no, seriously, and you're like, I need <laughs> yeah. to put this away as fast as yeah. I can. It's yeah. usually the end of the night. I think it, uh, maybe way back in the day at Bishop's Lounge, we had a heckler now and then. I think I said some pretty harsh stuff, like, right off the bat. I, like, took it to 11 right away yes. and shut it down. It was... Uh, 
I feel like people who came, like, along the same lines as people who regularly see your show or whatever, mm-hmm. we had, like, a crew that was coming out to see us a lot, I remember, and it was like they felt entitled because they were coming out to see our show a lot. Right. They were like, well, you need to play this request because, like, I'm here every week and you should, you know, oh, like, because yeah. we were running an open mic at the time. Yeah, and, I've yeah. Seen, yeah, we've all seen a lot of bands get fed up with requests. Right. Shout it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, every once in a while is cool, but, it's like, you need to play ways. my yeah. song. Yeah. Like, oh, you, not, you know that one and you like it yeah. and that's really nice yeah. and maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. Which for you means never. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an a-hole. Yeah, no, I've seen artists be like, if you call it out, I'm not playing it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not that hardline. Yeah, I played a request the other night. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I missed Kate, that. Cage's like so proud of you. Yeah, you were nice. <laughs> you were an asshole. Um, um, so you both have your first solo record. Your yes. fourth. Yeah. Audience, you can figure out which person I'm pointing to. <laughs> yeah. Kate's first. Matt's fourth. Yeah. Uh, are they coming out around the same time? Um, actually, I think mine's probably going to come out in September. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to record waiting. it uh, in March, so. Okay. Yeah. Shoot, well, I don't get to put a track on this, on this, uh, from the new record. Well, maybe I can slip you a track, because we're going in the studio, actually, early March. So. That would be great. We'll yeah, it might be a little affiliates. rough, but. Yeah. I'd love, no, no, a rough would be more special. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'd love one off, off the new yeah. album, if. if if Signature Sounds is, it's okay. That's <laughs> right. Really love you. You'll have to ask them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stamp of approval. <laughs> nah, actually, every artist has just given me theirs and been like, the label can... Yeah. It's promo. It exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yours is coming out in April. Yeah, April 21st. Um, yeah, Signature Sounds is going to do a show at the Shea on the 21st oh. as well. And Kate is going to open it with her band, which I may also be in. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. We just... That just happened like cool. what, yesterday. Yeah. Cool. She was holding out, like we had to really offer really attractive terms for her to say yes. That's yeah. right. I have my stipulations. Yeah. Well, I mean, because when this record <laughs> drops, you gotta try to have, make it happen now. Because when this drops, it's over. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's like for this, you know, because I'm a teacher too, so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like. I don't really know what's going to happen when this record drops. You know, I mm. feel like right now I just have like very short term immediate goals mm-hmm. which is to record it mm-hmm. and then you know maybe have one of the songs played on the radio yeah. <laughs> that's as far as i've gotten yeah. so far well, I, yeah. I kind of that was one of the things that made me think of talking to you at the same time yeah was that when rusty belt faded away didn't quite end and right maybe, maybe it hasn't ended yeah. at all. right it it's kind of like on the yeah. back burner like sort of yeah. like everyone's doing solo yeah. stuff we didn't we just haven't said anything about it <laughs> but you know, you focused on your art as your main thing, Matt, while Kate, you went to grad school. Right. And there's that, that decision to pursue the public art form as your life, as right. opposed to, I'm going to have this regular life as as well and then see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the last five years, you say, that you've gone I in, your, in your different uh, three, maybe. Three? Yeah. Rusty Bell put out yeah. a record in 2014, I think it was. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, really? It was oh, 2012, okay. actually. Really? Yeah, but we Common played up record. until 2014 regularly, mm-hmm. and then we kind of okay, like yeah, we started fading out. out and, little EP and then, you know, when I decided yeah. to go to grad school, I was like, I feel like, right. you know, Matt had been balancing Rusty Bell and the Suitcase Junket, and I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm gonna go to grad school, and yeah. Matt was like, All right, cool, then I'll dedicate time to the Junket, and I had a feeling once that happened, you know, once 
that energy was dedicated towards one thing and the suitcase junket is so fresh it was like I feel like this is the right move and mm. it just seemed like things kind of started falling into place mm -hmm. after that once yeah. that decision was made well yeah. how, how, I, my question is how do you both feel especially in terms of my topic you've been on the road mm. Yeah, like Half, two, 200 shows a year yeah, kind of, the past couple of you years. You know, doing this very public thing, and mm -hmm. you've been doing this private, regular citizen thing. Yeah, how I do know. You feel, how do you both feel about those decisions? Well, it was, mine came at this time, too, where we both lived in this group house for mm -hmm. a really long time, for like house. 10 years. Yeah. yeah, the Amity House. That'd be interesting to do an episode on, on oh, just totally. talking to everyone who lived in a legendary house. Exactly. So, you know, it was like yeah. this vibrant artist community and it went through different phases and you know by the time we both left we were both kind of feeling like all right we've had our time here you know it's time to go and have our own places and stuff but yeah. you know along so the timing of that with getting this kind of regular job yeah and rusty bell not playing as much and moving out of the amity house i was like what the hell is going on right now like i feel like i'm leading this weirdly ordinary life all of a sudden <laughs> right in a like flash, i don't think like... i like it you know <laughs> and uh but so it's yeah, I guess I this I'm really psyched about this whole album because I feel like it's given me a nudge that I needed. You know, I've been playing with other bands doing backup and um, and now playing with the uh, Rear Defrosters. The Rear Defrosters, yeah, singing some honky tonk. Yeah, so funny, um, you're, you're talking about the record as though it's like it nudged you. <laughs> you know, like this record really nudged me to do the thing. It's like, no, you nudged yourself to <laughs> record those songs and get it together. And, yeah, you know, make them happen. I know, it's pretty cool, because I feel like... I mean, I was kind of bummed out during some of that hibernation time, because mm -hmm. I was just like, who am I, you know? But I feel like having that downtime kind of made me realize, you know, I, I had a ra I now I have a little radio show on Valley Free Radio, mm -hmm. um, and I spin vinyl on there, and that was kind of one of those, like, future goals. Solo album was, like, a someday yeah. goal, and so I'm kind of, like, doing these things... That I think if I was playing in Rusty Bell, probably wouldn't happen because mm -hmm. we would just be on the road all the time and, mm -hmm. you know, playing our songs right. for the band. So it's kind of, it was, it took a little while to get used to, but I feel like it opened up some good opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But I still miss the rock and roll yeah. lifestyle for sure. Which is exhausting. It is yeah. exhausting. We played one show in Boston this week together and I was like, wow, like got home at like 2.30 in the morning. I was like, oh man. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. But do you plan regardless, you know, of if if the rock and roll lifestyle opened itself up to you again as a as more of a full time gig, would you stop teaching? That's a very good question. Where are you teaching? What are you teaching? In what, Sunderland. What I teach preschool. Mm. Yeah. So it's like an integrated special needs preschool and mm -hmm. then we do a bunch of music, of mm -hmm. course, and um, the cool thing about teaching is that you could do both pretty easily. There's enough vacations, you have the whole summer off that yeah. you could actually like go on tour. You right, know, you hit the festival circuit or whatever's happening in the summer. I love know, festivals. Do, yeah, you know it's, but that's a yeah. nice part of that job anyway. That that doesn't you know necessarily need to be, the all in on one or all in on the other. You can kind of split a little bit. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about? It? Do you ever imagine having more of a, uh, yeah, a mix? Probably. You know, the idea that I, sort of a couple of years ago I was like, well, here's the deal. If I want to do this. I'm going to, you know, try it this way. Like, I'm not <clears throat> savvy on the internet enough to, like, get my stuff placed or whatever. It's like and the record companies aren't really, you know, throwing a bunch of money at non-touring acts because touring is kind of where it all happens. Yeah. It's where people find out about you and you make fans. And so I was like, all right, I'll do this sort of as hard as I can and just say sort of yes to everything that I can for the next few years. 
I think it was a couple of years ago, I said I'd do, like, the next five years, I was just going to, like, tour really hard. The sort of, like, and I'm maybe I'm, like, coming, coming up on the third year of that. And it seems to be working, and that's great. And then, you know, I'm hoping that then I can start, you know, I can get to a point where I can start dialing it back and getting more home time. And not necessarily to, like, I'm never going to, I don't think I'm going to ever work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, who knows? Um, no. Right, exactly. It's yeah. like, it might be, might be okay. Just, like, take, take a load off and, like, do a job and get a paycheck and not have to, like, sweat every element of the thing. But early on, I, I found that it made me pretty miserable if I wasn't in, like, <laughs> complete control of, like, no, I don't want to do that today, and so I won't. I'll do this other thing. A product of being a little bit of a spaz, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's fun being out on the road, for sure. It's, it's hard. You know, I end up writing a lot of songs about home because I'm, you know, having to find it elsewhere. And, yeah. you know, then you know, I try to make it home every couple of weeks, which is great because yeah. um, I, I would lose my mind otherwise. It's... That's the big struggle for me is like having that sense of place, and I'm kind of a, I don't know, I'm kind of a homebody when I'm when I'm home. I don't want to go out. I don't want to like see people. I want people to come over so I can yeah. see them. But, um, but you've been out on the road more for like a month long at a time recently, right? Yeah, three three weeks to a month is sort of like as long as I'll go out at a, at a stretch if I yeah. can, if I can help it before I can like get home and like get a little refresh because I I start becoming a worse human. If, when I'm out for too long, you know, like the shows get worse. I feel bad. I make other people feel bad, you know, <laughs> like you said, Asshole. Really. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, it's funny cause the, you're always doing some sort of bullshit work no matter what. Like if you're, you know, if you're a self-employed or, you know, like full-time musician or artist, the bullshit time is usually computer work Yeah, and it's the majority of your time, you know, you're scheduling or you're, you know, organizing or you know hustling in that way and then when i'm on the road i'm basically a professional driver and loader into and out of places like yeah carry lots so you're of doing it all yeah and then you need a roadie you. Yeah. yeah yeah and then for you know five percent of the time maybe ten percent of the time i'm actually doing the thing that got me into it that's uh-huh. the thing i love that sort of like i made that choice where i was like yes i will do all this other crap in order to do that one thing a yeah. little bit because i like it yeah it's like my favorite. That'd thing be pretty cool. I would love to be your your fifty two year old roadie for let's a week. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah that'd talk. be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> that'd also be wall. pretty awesome if you had like a roadie in each town you went to. I know, right? Just somebody so would somebody show would up meet and... you once you get there <laughs> yeah. and be like, yeah, "I think that's kind of game on a groupie." Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. I guess that's right on the edge because then you'd be like, "Oh, okay, now now you can go yeah, over yeah. and groupie you know, I'll see you in a little while." Yeah, <laughs> groupie with strong hands. That's my new band. Um, so, I, I, you're doing combo of, of bluesy stuff and covers, right? Um, it's actually, the album only has, is going to have one cover on it, I think. Okay. And then it's all originals, but it is like... Are you giving away with the cover? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like bluesy... Uh-huh. Bluesy, folky, rocky? Bluesy, folky, rocky. A little country. Yeah, cool. a little country. When I heard the, the roughs from it. I, because I'm trying to help Kate, you know, put the fire under her ass a little bit and get mm-hmm. get the record made, you know, to sort of like Matt's prod producing her. it, right, right, junk it produced, prod, the prod user, <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. he's like, right, right now, write two really? songs by write next week. I better write that down. Yeah. Prod user. <laughs> There's but, some banter right there. When I, yeah, when I heard when I heard the songs, I was I very much thought Lady Springsteen, you know, sort of like. And not in any, you know, like... You hear that, has, Bruce? It has Kate's own <laughs> voice. Like, I don't think it's derivative or anything, but I was just like, yeah, like, that, like, 
there's like something like yeah. dark but also joyful and like poignant and simple about everything that's going on with it in like the best possible ways. Your, your records have developed, but they've all, mm. they, they all feel, they have a feel to them that's, that's yeah, suitcase. Yeah, I, I think it's still in that feel, but it's getting, <laughs> this one's a little bit more maybe pop-leaning uh, than ones before, mm -hmm. um, and I added this little sort of toy keyboard to the band as well, which is this, uh, I think... <laughs> to the band! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's sort of this weird new sound, and yeah. I still... When I recorded it, basically did everything live in the studio, mm -hmm. but did a bunch of overdubs with vocals, so there's some choruses on, on this album that oh, are like cool. really big and full, and Kate came in and sang on a couple tunes as well, uh -huh. which really, you know, it's, it's so subtle, she's, you know, basically just doing a couple of harmony lines in this big mass of, like, Matt voice, uh -huh. but... It cuts, you can be like, wait a minute, there's more than just one person oh, in that's there. that's like, if you, really... if you watch the video um, with uh, Tony Visconti of The mm -hmm. Making of Heroes, 
The song. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And they're all these things. I never... Yes, that's always been this. Right. That, yes. that hitting the... Hitting yeah. The, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the subtle things. Uh, wait, something you were just saying? It's oh, funny because yeah, so, yeah. people have actually confused our voices before, huh. like, when we've been harmonizing on Rusty Bell albums. It right. was like... Or when we were doing those session... Oh, uh, yeah, with Chris Smither. With, with uh, Smither and Folkalt. Folkalt produced a couple records a couple years ago. Kate oh, McCanty, yeah. Hayward, William. Or when we were recording it, they'd be like, Who's doing which? Who's, whose voice is that on the yeah, high harmony? Mostly because Matt is like really good at mm-hmm. falsetto. <laughs> so they were like, Is that you or Matt? Yeah, I was yeah. like, Actually, I don't even know. <laughs> huh. You really? Yeah, you there were some points up? where I was like, I think that's Matt. Right. I'm pretty sure. Especially you know. when you're doing it live, which we were at that time. You know, you kind of just like sing the harmony mm-hmm. and you just sing whichever one the other person yeah. isn't singing. Yeah. And so when you're doing it, you're trying to be one sound. And so you kind of, yeah, it's easy to just kind of forget. Yeah. Well, speaking of being a little more poppy, I'm kind of excited about... I was over at Josh Newton's friend, childhood friend or college friend. For me? Yeah. Josh Nugent? We, post-college. Right. Oh, I, knew, well, I knew his brother in college, and I, then we became friends yeah. after college, well, yeah. I was over at his house, and he was kind of hinting that he wants to make kind of a Robin album with you or something, a real pop album. <laughs> yeah. With, <laughs> like, um, beats and... We're, yeah, we're, we're, we just... He was over here last night, and we were talking about it, and I'm excited about that idea. I think that idea. Would be, could be yeah. really, you know, those kind of hybrids, you know, uh, 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 uh Justin Vernon and Kanye come to mind. For you <laughs> right. too. Uh, it could be really fun. I mean, I just like almost never listened to that kind of music, so I was like, right. first of all, just like send me some tracks. But I like. But have... that kind of makes it even cooler because then oh, you're yeah. going in like, all right, I'm gonna try to make this poppy. Yeah. And there's so candy. Much... I'll send yeah. you some of my favorite. Candy. Please do. Yeah. I mean, there's like so much crap that I just sing in the car that I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, here's like a fun little hook, and it goes nowhere because it's not. It doesn't fit any of the stuff right. I'm doing. It's sort of like. Kind of dumb, but really catchy. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love kind of dumb, but really catchy. All my (laughs) life, it's one of my big weaknesses, (laughs) musically. So, I hope that that comes to fruition. When you can make the dumb, like, kind of deep, you know, deeply dumb. Deeply dumb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, no, that's... Deeply dumb or dumb, but kind of deep. Right, right. Dumb, but deep, not deeply Deeply dumb. Deeply dumb is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, especially lately. (laughs) Oh... Uh, so yeah, I wanted the Josh, the Josh idea. Or yeah, like, that's uh, that's different. You guys did Rusty Bell start when you were in school or after? After. Um, after yeah, because I went to school in Eastern Mass, and Mount oh, went to Hampshire. Did. Okay. Yeah, and then I moved back around here to play music with Matt, and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean did you grow up playing music, and had you played music together before? Um, yeah, but there were some really like charming and awkward like arranged duets on flute and violin of, like oh. Les Mis songs it's like oh around man. the piano just, yeah. what yeah. are we thinking yeah like where are the VHS tapes for that because <laughs> I kind of want I want yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want the scoop let's oh, use no. that for yeah, the uh, yeah. soundtrack the for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we grew up playing music but not I mean we messed around and played cover songs and stuff like yeah, that we went, we're two, only two years apart we went to different high schools and after I was finished with high school we did we took like a road trip and started writing some songs together mm-hmm. and always thought like yeah we should like play music mm-hmm. and it never really worked out and like Kate even came and lived on the floor of my dorm room for a little while. Is that true? Did, <laughs> like right after kind of I graduated. Blur, Hampshire? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it's just of, part of the know. Hampshire experience, yes, you know. Is, yeah. yeah. 
And um, that didn't do it, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, it just like wasn't quite time. And then we moved into the Amity house, and then it was like things clicked. Yeah, like, I traveled with a friend of mine for a year. When, when, once Kate moved to the area, was, uh, and then um, moved back, and that was, yeah, moved into that, the Amity house and started yeah. Rusty Bell kind of right away. Yeah. And But had you, uh, either of you, in your separate college experiences, made your own music that was more than just doodling around? Yeah, I played, I was like in a little like folk duo thing with another girl, so mm-hmm. we played stuff with like really tight harmonies and... Um, and then I would just play with random people mm-hmm. and sing and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I, my friend Jen and I sang consistently, mm-hmm. um, for like a, like three years of college. Mm-hmm. And I was just spazzing out at yeah. Hampshire, like playing saxophone and weird, weirding out. Uh-huh. I was kind of studying jazz sax yeah. or improvisational saxophone yeah. for most of that time. Weird compositional stuff, like really out there strangeness. Yeah. Kind of sort of like the required course of study. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, just majored in that. For um, Matt's uh, final project, it was like all these like yeah. making weird sound things and our grandpa came, who our grandpa actually is like kind of musical. Like he plays yeah. the piano. And, and There were some songs in the Div 3, but there was a lot of weird stuff yeah. packing those songs in. Yeah, and at the end he was just like, was that even music? Was we were right. like, oh. I, I often wonder what I would be doing today if I had had the flexibility of a Hampshire. You know, I, I talked to Eugene Merman, my friend, who created himself a stand-up major at Hampshire. Yeah. You right. know, and I wonder what Ken Burns, he probably did traditional film. film. Yeah. But the idea of just, like, yeah, I, I suppose a lot of people have the freedom. I probably has a higher dropout rate. Yeah. But I think you have, so. like, a decade or so to finish. They might have shrunk that, yeah, but there used to be used a lot be, of people yeah. who were like, and if you're paying full tuition, you can stay as long as yeah, you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and there are going to be enough people who come out and do really interesting things and yep. have been given the opportunity to learn whatever they want, yeah. that, that it's it works. I, yeah, it was good for me. I don't know that I made anything of quality while I was mm-hmm. there, but it was a lot of self-discovery and yeah. sort of like learning how to open doors for yourself and, and learning how to make yeah. that stuff happen, even if... You know, I think I just wasn't mature enough to be making yeah, what I can now consider to be good music mm-hmm. or something. You know, it's like, well, I it was worth it, yeah. I guess. You know, like paying it off still, but yeah. you know, it was worth it, right? Yeah. It Absolutely, I, I think so. I think even your parents would agree. They yeah, very right. happy at your shows. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go feed the fire. Okay. Yeah, I'm like smelling strong syrup, but I don't know if it's coming from the stove or outside.
Flying tools, uh -huh. which I secretly call <coughs> self-portraits. Cool. <laughs> I you know, never knew that. Your flying tool. See, <laughs> 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 so yeah, I doing, really like the flying tools. I'm doing saws right now because um, there's a saw. the The sort of object with wings has been a theme with the suitcase junket records, and trying to continue <clears> that is, you know, is tricky when you know, like the concept should only last as long as it inspires. Mm -hmm. And so this most recent one is sort of the the album cover is different than the rest in that it's sort of assembled, mm -hmm. photographed stuff. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't drawn. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so, as part of a, you know, it's not the same image that's on the album cover, but mm -hmm. is I'm doing like one of those pledge music pre-sale yeah. of the album things yeah. right now, and that's one of the things. And I don't know if anyone's going to buy them, but I have to make them, which is good for me because deadlines are. Yeah. I need deadlines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> deadlines are great. Yeah. Oh, go, hearkening way back to the beginning and, and people we don't know looking at us, you've also had the experience of getting written criticism. Mm. Right? And how's that felt? Well, it's nice when it's nice. Yeah. And um, how bad is it when it's not? Um, Have you had any that was bad yet? We'll see. I don't think so. That's great. I mean, aside from one guy who, who I definitely was like, "Whoa, that's surprising," mm -hmm. you know, like the like, and it was more. It wasn't, you know. I think I'm prideful, and probably I wouldn't take it that well, and it would yeah. take a, a little time yeah. for me to get used to that feeling. <clears throat> the the one that I saw was a guy who was just like, 
his his whole take on the sound and why it was bad was like I don't think he listened to my album like it doesn't sound like you know what was what it a I CD do. review or a live it was review a, it was a CD review and he was likening me to a lot of different people who I just like I, I really didn't hear it at all in a, a negative way um, and I was like what it, what's happening here and I I looked at his other writing and I was like oh he just pans everybody that's like just his like way to like yeah. Feel something. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so nice. You just hate everybody. Cool. That's I can I'm okay with that. <laughs> Have you had any surprising po- positive comparisons to people you're like I never thought of myself? But yeah, sure. That's a good question. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yes, I think yes, but usually it happens live mm-hmm. after show and I and I'm yeah. always so like amped up that I don't yeah. remember what happens yeah. like yeah. I'll, I think, think it. I, I think of things during all of your shows that are so disparate because it, it, it's in some ways your music fits a traditional shape in some ways it's so weird mm-hmm. and I think of weirder music that I never thought connected to you when I see you live mm-hmm. but not forget because yeah there are certain moments where it's like oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. Rem- like, makes me feel like yeah. this or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is definitely the most abstract part of the uh, discussion so far. Yeah. <laughs> we all just petered out into okay. wistful yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 Feelings. Some of that might not show up on the Music final, feelings. Yeah. Final product. Edit this shit out. Uh, no, I, I asked that because uh, this fall, you know, Anya, my wife, had this photo project. That yeah. blew that up. Cool. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, like, over the course of three days, four million people had seen it. That's right. So and so there's a lot of love and there's a lot of hate. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it was political. It was about the election. You've heard about it on this show probably before. If not, Google, grab him by the ballot. Mm-hmm. Ballot. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like in terms of being public or famous, you know, Anya wants to have a life as an artist but I think she'd sacrifice it if she had to go through that again because she, she didn't like yeah it. and there's yeah. nothing like politics yeah. to bring up yeah. the uh, uh, right. dregs I mean I feel like you've gotten even from fans on Facebook you've gotten some negative oh, when feedback I when any, whenever you post anything yeah there's, political. A, there's a section of, of the fan base or just trolls it's hard to tell it might just be right. random trolls just yeah. like doing their thing also just as a side note yeah. like they're awful, but I kind of love that trolls have has now become a thing that we can say. Like, you listen to NPR, and they say something such as, uh, Russia has an army of trolls working on this. Mm-hmm. And that is just something that we all accept as... Yeah. The trolls yeah, are in the, the common... Tro- like back just, in the common language. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, you know, fantasy fans, so I'm just like... You mean, yeah, you imagine actual me up a little trolls. bit. Right, you know, like, the, the reality is much uglier. Yeah, um, living under the bridge. Right. Yeah, much <laughs> uglier than a nice troll. Yeah, it's, you know... A nice grumpy... Not Lord of the Rings, no. but... That's what always comes to mind, and I always yeah. sort of get a little wistful feeling, you know. It's like, oh, I wish it was a real troll. Yes, the world is magic after These all. These people are not Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> just, put it that way. Oh, Unfortunately. Yeah, but no, like there's been a few things on YouTube, or you know, like some of those, you know, like I haven't seen any of the numbers like that, and you know, like YouTube views are probably like the, my most watched videos are probably in the like thirty or forty thousand area, mm-hmm. right? just a few, a couple of them like that. And on those, you definitely get a few, you know, thumbs down people saying just like, this is the worst music I've ever heard. And you're like, well, I want to know what you like. You know, like that's why I'm like, you know, 
I don't, you know, I'm Nickelback. not. Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> poor Nickelback. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Poor Nickelback. Sort of. Yeah, not poor. Probably. <laughs> right. They're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are there any? Oh, you have a visitor? Oh, it's the mail. Cool mail yeah. jeep. Mail jeep. I know, right? Yeah. My mailbox is being held up by a snowbank right now. <laughs> Well, you better fix it because yeah. it's all melting away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I t- talk, told you about this, I'm going to do this. I always ask people this because I don't know whether. Did anything come to mind or anything that, that come up with you about the, the topic of fame that I haven't, you know, asked you about or anything that just strikes you? You know, about you know, a lot of people who I've talked to don't like to even think about what they do. And they're like, well, it's not really fame. I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. If right. you're making something public, there's there's an aspect. There's of definitely that feeling of like, yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy, barking up the wrong tree. There's yeah. no fame here. Yeah. But <laughs> nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing to I, see here. Just <laughs> I do feel like in our family, there was definitely importance put on fame. Like, it was exciting if you saw a famous person. Mm-hmm. And, in you know, all, yeah, all obviously, famous, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, my I feel like my grandpa really liked to name drop, like... Oh, and I used to take walks on the beach with Tony Randall, you know, and like, oh, <laughs> yeah, which is really sweet. That's great. Yeah, because they have a house on Fire Island, so it's like got that mix of like, you know, celebrities and blue collar Long Islanders. But at the same time, in my family, you weren't supposed to want it. Right. Right. But the, what the whole world's telling you, it's it's like... It's value. Yeah. It's a value. It's value. Yeah. I feel like fame yeah. was encouraged in our family. Not like... Not like child actor style, but I definitely feel like it was like, like, yeah, if you can get out there, you know, meet this person and maybe you can make some connections, right? Yeah, I'm a little trying bit. to remember. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean. But we didn't really necessarily have any fame connections, so mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, if well, you like, met somebody. It was like talent shows and stuff. Like, we were, right. you know, like, we like, <laughs> you know, our, our parents famous were like. in school. Yeah, yeah famous our, in school. Our parents, like, you know, encouraged us in the things that we showed interest in, which is yeah. amazing. Like, what more could you ask, yeah. right? So they're like, oh, they, they seem to be interested in music. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? You know, like, you got to do something. Yeah. But, you know, you know there, there wasn't any, there wouldn't have been any, like, uh, tolerance for, you know, not participating yeah. that, would, that would have been you know the bad way to go in our household but yeah. once, then it was sort of like well, <laughs> once, once you're doing it you better do it as best as you can and like like that you, see, you notice how people like that that's because you worked hard on it and that sort of idea of the like put the work in mm-hmm. and then the stuff that comes after is sort of like the, just that it's the mm-hmm. stuff that comes after it's like the way that people view you is important that was another, you know, like that whole, like, you know, being taught yeah, to be being seen. polite and be like, yeah. you know, a righteous type um, yeah. of human. But. It's funny, like, I kind of wish that I, you know, a part of me is like, I'm glad I can hang out with people who are like kind of famous yeah. or whatever mm. and be cool and, and feel cool around them and not feel like, oh my God, can I take your picture? You know? Yeah. Mm. And then there's another part of me that's like. I kind of wish I didn't care. You know, I kind of wish I could just be like, hey, let's have our pictures taken together. I'm just going to fan out so hard and get super excited, you know? Yeah, Yeah. and there are times when I'm totally, like with with the George Saunders stuff, where I'm like, sue me. I am a super fan. Exactly. so much to me that we had this conversation. Yeah. uh, I'm okay with that. Right. There are times when you... There's a great photo I'll send you guys that was posted on the site of our friend uh, Zara Bodhi, who I think you might know from Sweetback Sisters, mm. yeah, when she was a little familiar. kid, 
she had dreamed of meeting um, Wonder Years uh, guy. I can never remember. I've talked about it too many I times. I want to say his show. Wonder Fred Years Savage. name. Fred Savage. Yeah. And when she was like maybe eight, her mother somehow you know, at a baseball game or somewhere, he hooked it up. It was going to happen. And, and they knew, you know, and, and the photo is just her being like, this is happening and it's gonna end in a second and he's like he's just like I'm Fred Savage and it's so heartbreaking it's so wonderful um and any you were kind of suggesting any stories of people you met not as a musician but just who are the you know idols or at least famous people um well on Fire Island actually it was like there are always kind of people hanging out down there yeah so I don't think I ever saw Mel Brooks, but he had a house like down the beach. And then I waited on tables um, at a restaurant for like summers in high school and college. And so I waited on Brooke Shields and mm-hmm. on a gas dyer from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And I saw Ethan Hawke and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> he's a strange looking guy. He his looks, face looks different all the time. And his yeah. nose. Is really yeah. Sharp. Yeah. At that time, it was like the early 2000s, so yeah, he was still he was kind of like good. 90s, yeah, yeah. 90s good. He and Uma and their kid, or kids, I can't remember, sat in my section when I was a waiter, and I was like the worst waiter. I did okay. But with, I bet you looked good. I did okay And you totally charmed everybody. Because I would just smile and be like, sorry, you're going to get your meal later. Coffee and dessert's on me, you know. Where was this? St. Fire Island. Was like oh, okay. first, our first you know, summer child. I was like yeah. washing dishes, and I was like, this is awful. Next summer, I tried waiting on tables. I'm like, this is worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but I, they, they definitely pulled me off of that table. When, you know, like oh, the famous people sat in my table. table. I was like, cool. They're like, yeah. I don't think solar ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get back inside. <laughs> I've always been comfortable behind the bar, but not at tables. I fumble around. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And I was a bum back then. Like, I had, like, um, you know, beach dreads. Uh-huh. Like, my hair was long, and I was, you know. Was Deodorant? Probably. Okay. Not. <laughs> but swimming in the ocean every day, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. You know, it wasn't. I wasn't doing like manual labor. Or, you know, it's like waiting on tables and swimming in the ocean. So yeah, I don't think that was. And it was outdoor seating mostly. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was probably not good. Uh-huh. One of the car talk guys from NPR came into another restaurant I was working in up in Vermont. Actually, uh-huh. I was just like, oh. Car talk guy. <laughs> you just like sat and listened to him. Voice, I could tell yeah. from the voice. Yeah, he yeah. was like super jolly with like a group of people. Yeah. I didn't go over and talk to him or anything, but I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm just gonna stand and listen to you, just like uh, I usually do. Yeah. On yeah. Saturday mornings. The uh, the Royal Frog Ballet. Uh huh. You know, it does a um, the Honk Festival every year down in Somerville. It's a you know radical marching band festival, and they uh, they do a mime parade. And so I was you know part of that in the early days. And, you know, everyone's wearing clown noses, wearing black and white, and sort of, you know, has cardboard instruments that they're playing, and, you know, being a little bit of quiet amongst all the raucousness. And the car guys were the masters of ceremony. So at a certain point, you know, we got in front of the masters of ceremony, we were supposed to do something, and I really just stood there and stared at them. You know, it was like Wizard of Oz style. It's like, there they are. They're their faces. They're real. With those mouths. Click and cry. (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for seeing and hearing the record, hearing the record. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. In the next six months or so. Yeah. yeah. Nice to see.
So now we're outside in the wind. Yep, nice and windy. And uh, how high are we? How hot are we? That's all right. That's not bad. We are hot. We are hot. But you were talking about the idea of of people like like labels, management, like people now getting attention. Like it was like, where were you before? Feeling right, right, yeah. When you spend like all of this time and all of your you know all of your energy doing sort of the bullshit job parts of the job, and then. Finally, people come around, the people that you, you're like, oh man, I wish you were on board, you know, five years ago. Yeah. We could have really, you know, done this. And, you know, that sort of, that weird element of, of like, thanks for the help. Where you been? Yeah. But thanks. Right. But where have you been? And now I've earned, <laughs> and now I've earned some of that fame on my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's I like did all the heavy welcome. lifting. Yeah. yeah. And you're going yeah. to come give me a little push, which is necessary. Um, and then you end yeah. up giving the begrudging yes anyway. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. It's like, right. Who, who can say no to help? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, you know, someone else is going to book shows. That's like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's like a whole, yeah. you know, it's a whole full-time job yeah. that now I don't have to do for myself. Yeah. And it, the stress, oh my God. It was like, you realize that you don't have any shows set up for, you know, two months from now. And you're like, yeah. oh, that means that I, I won't be able yeah. to survive that yeah. month, you know, and pay all my bills. Um, so having that time back is amazing. Yeah. But the, and the weird, the weird element about performing arts too, of that sort of like your job is a lot of mm, external, um, input, Mm -hmm. you know, and you try, you try to do it just for the artwork or just for yourself or just for, you know, like the vision that you have, but then you end up, you know, having to think about what people think of you. You know, that's like yeah. how your career becomes a success yeah. is based on other people's judgment, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And nice. People are good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people are good and sometimes they aren't. And sometimes people who aren't that good help you. It's right. like the world kind of needs, you know, mm. agency types. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like somebody needs to be that jerk who's yeah. going to land you that show yeah. that. Yeah. Nobody we used to joke in, in Rusty Bell about like we would just wish someone would come and take advantage of us. Yeah. Because none of us are doing it. Yeah. You know, we're all, <laughs> we're all just goofing off, you know, making cool sounds. You know, someone needs yeah. to come in and, and really, sh- you know, show us how it works the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, here's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was, I, I don't think I would have handled getting help sooner well or like getting bigger sooner well I like I think this like progress has been spot on Mm -hmm. you know like like I built a strong foundation first and now I'm getting to a spot where I think if I had if I had gotten more I don't know noticed or you know if my career had progressed quicker I might not not have been a sustainable human you know I could I think that that you know you you know despite wanting it to have happened quicker and wanting Mm -hmm. to have gotten that type of recognition that makes you feel like you're worthwhile in other people's, you know, spheres, you know, despite all of that, I think that, that like the slow incremental plugging away thing is like really the way for me anyway, in terms of staying healthy. I think it's healthier to slowly work towards something instead of just all of a sudden you put out, you know, one album, get super famous. And then it's like, what comes Mm -hmm. next? Right. Like this way it's like, you know, that you're just kind of, yeah. Naturally working towards something yeah. instead yeah. of 
Like, oh, I made yep. that. Now I'm famous. Yep. Right. Now I don't know now what to what? do. Nothing's going to be yep. as good as this. Yep. You know, it's we like, had some friends who that sort of it felt like that happened to, or it's like they all of a sudden sort of like we were at the same level, chugging away, chugging away, and all of a sudden it was like they stepped sideways into an elevator and just like wham popped up really yeah. high. And honestly, you know, and we were and we were happy for them and jealous of them yeah. and all those things that happen when you see success amongst yeah. your peers. <laughs> yeah. Like, why isn't that us? Yeah. It's like, man, yeah. I thought we were okay. 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 Well, fine. 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 Um, and, and some have, of them have done okay, yeah. and some of them kind of t- toppled a little bit and lost direction, and yeah. and you know, come back down a, a few notches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Saunders talked a lot about that in that his last book really made him a big literary star after mm. and it was his fifth or sixth book over 30 years right. so you had a nice decade long you know, right. so exactly. but he was okay with 30 year Graham but now that's amazing this is really important because he talked about uh how you get kind of full of yourself when you have some success and i wonder right. i want I, I want to talk to him again after this dies down because if you look now after talking to me go look go like google him right now yeah and people are really looking to him to be some kind of a saint because he kind of is yeah uh so and it's like especially if you hit that when you're in your 20s you know what to do with that yeah like yeah the people who have managed to not blow up and ruin their lives doing that right that's impressive yeah Yeah. definitely right so good i'm glad it's taking you this long and that there's still ways (laughs) to go yeah Yeah, exactly right yeah Yeah. likewise the next thing will always be better you you're and you're just hitting you know I know solo like, album one. Yeah, solo album oh, one. Man. I know. It's, I already know what. I already songs. know what I want to put on solo album two. Cool. And like what I want yeah. the cover to look like. Hell cool. yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's exciting. Thanks. You can find all things suitcase junket at thesuitcasejunket.com. and I'm sure Kate Lorenz will have a site of her own closer to this fall, and she may already. K-A-T-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z. And you can Google Rusty Bell. R-U-S-T-Y-B-E-L-L-E. You can find all of our episodes at 15minutesjamieberger.com or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like the show, please clap your hands, but also go to patreon.com slash 15minutesjamieberger and pledge a dollar an episode, or more. Or rate us on iTunes, and review us, and do all the nice things that help your podcasty friends keep podcasting. Thanks, Ed, as ever, for making us sound great, and this time for lending me your computer. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger.